0: I want to be found. Hello. 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 Yes, sir. It's all green, baby. I went and got that board this week in Dallas. That Dallas is uh, that Dallas board come back cracking, didn't it? Did I scare anybody today? I want to be found faithful. I want to be found steady to the end. I think uh, somewhere in there we're talking about Jesus. What do you think? (laughs) Tomorrow? tomorrow, not getting ahead of today, tomorrow I'll uh, I can say with all God's truth that uh, I've been faithful and I've been steady as much as someone else sitting over there that's been faithful. I think we went steady first and then and then we got faithful. Tomorrow will be 41 years. Career. I was telling the first service that I, I went to, I had a customer call. Okay, Larry. <clears throat> I had a customer call, <clears throat> went and did a job for him. never worked for him, but he tried to um, get me to come down on my price and all kinds of things. And I said, sir, um, I'm a little guy, and I'm going to trust God. I don't want to not work for you, but I'm not coming off my price any. And he said, oh, you know higher power? And I said, yes, sir, I do. And he said, well, bring that thing on in. <clears throat> And uh, I went out there and to see the guy, and uh, his boss was there, and his boss uh, and me got to talking, and Winston came over, and we got to talking about Jesus. <clears throat> you know, um, 20, uh, I'll say 30 years ago, that wouldn't have happened on the location that I was on. Is all we were worried about was uh, sitting on the tailgate of the truck drinking Pearl Light or something. But on that tailgate that day, we talked about Jesus. And see, back those years ago, Miss Kenner didn't really trust me in that way because I sat out there late at night. And one night she made me sit on the porch all night. She locked the door. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> she she revealed things to me that that wasn't important. What? Well, that concrete was hard, and that bed would have been a lot comfortabler. So anyway, we talked about Jesus out there in that location. But I went home, and those guys came at 8 o'clock. They came to town. They're staying here in town, and they... Uh, we went out to eat, and I went in there and told her. Used to, she wouldn't have wanted me to do that. But now, <laughs> after Christ, after a true relationship with Jesus Christ, she didn't say a word. Just go ahead, honey. Go eat. God is good. Jimbo. As one brother to another. How
1: about you praying us in here? I can do that. Mm. I know that feeling, brother. Thank God. Thirty years ago. Father God, we come to you this morning. Father, we thank you for allowing us to open our eyes this morning. Father, we thank you for what you're doing in the lives of our, of our lives and the lives of everyone around us, Father God. What a mighty, mighty powerful body this is, Father God. We thank you, Father God. We know that life is fragile. I personally have witnessed that in the, within the last week. But we know that you have a plan. You have a plan for each and every one of us, Father God. I share this all the time. People always want to read uh, certain scriptures and then and and they don't read one or two more, Father God, and how much more we could gain by if we if we get the whole picture we we'll never understand, we'll never see the whole picture until we get uh, to where we're in your presence, Father God. But, Father, we thank you, because I know that deep down there are people in this room right now that need a touch from you. There are people in this room right now that are sick and are hurting. They don't know where to go. They don't know which direction to turn. They've got loved ones dying, and they don't know what to do. But you do, Father. You've got them all in the palm of your hand. I lift them up to you today, Father God. I pray that you'll touch my brother. I pray that you'll give him a word this morning that's going to touch, if, not, if only one, Father God. If we will only touch one person this morning, Father God, and draw them near to you, then, then that is sufficient. But Father God, I know you got a bigger and better plans than that, and I pray that you use my brother this morning to talk to your people and ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.
0: Thank you, buddy. I love you. <clears throat> well, if you want to turn to Ephesians three. RJ, I just can't be still. Yeah. <clears throat> Since Jimmy said that, I do read something to you this morning. We're going to focus on Ephesians 3 8, but I want to read to you, starting at the first of uh, chapter 3, if you will stand a minute. I think we can all say that Paul was uh, inspired by the Holy Spirit and by Jesus. And the Holy Spirit said this through him, said, For this reason I, Paul, the prisoner of Christ Jesus, for you Gentiles, If indeed you have heard of the dispensation of the grace of God, which was given to me for you, how that by revelation he made made known to me the mystery, as I have briefly written already, by which then you read, you may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ, which in other ages was not made known to the sons of men, as it is known, been revealed by the Spirit to his holy apostles and prophets, that the Gentiles should be fellow heirs of the same body and partakers of his promise in Christ through the gospel, of which I became a minister according to the gift of the grace. Of God, given to me by the effective working of His power. Now, the purpose of this mystery? To me, who am less than the least of all saints, this grace was given, and I should preach among the Gentiles, oh my goodness, the unsearchable riches of Christ. And to make all these what it is, fellowship of the mystery, which from the beginning of the ages has been hidden in God who created all things through Christ Jesus, to the intent that now the manifold wisdom of God might be made known by the church to the principalities and powers in the heavenly places, according to the eternal purpose which has accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord, to whom we have boldness and access, 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 with confidence through faith in him. Therefore, I ask you that you do not lose heart at my tribulations for you. You Hear that? (laughs) Don't lose heart because he has tribulations for you. (laughs) Don't be surprised either. If you ain't never had none of them, you fix them too. But he said, therefore, I ask that you do not lose heart at any tribulation for which Is your glory. How can we get glory out of that? For this reason, I bow my knees to the Father, the appreciation of the mystery. I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. I'll be seated. Oh, Paul, he liked that word mystery. That was in his vocabulary, I guess you could say. He got fired up over mystery. He got fired up over mystery because uh, from that mystery, things were revealed to him. And he got to reveal it to others. He reveals it to me and you. The inspired Word of God, so he he got to show it to others, and that's what he did. He asked them to to see him, just to look at me, but he got to do that through the initiation, and we have all as believers now have been initiated. You ever been uh, been in a sorority in school when you were initiated? I can remember being in ag class and they put us in a trailer and throwing cow manure at us or something. We were initiated into ag class. <clears throat> well, I can tell you that this initiation that Paul's talking about The mystery, the mystery, it's awesome. And if you hadn't experienced it yet, if you haven't experienced it yet, by the saving grace, because a lot of us live in that common grace. I like to be be common, but I want to live in saving grace and not common grace. There's a difference. So, Paul uses mystery 19 times in the gospel. So, let's talk about that only part of that, Ephesians 3.8. Mystery. What is a mystery to y'all? It's... It sometimes or something that is unknown, a mystery is. Now, in the Greek, mysterion meant something else. And to us, that means that now we are initiated. We are initiated. It's not that the thing itself is unknown. It is known to those... Whom has it been revealed? So Paul used it to, to describe something to us that was unknown. It was unknown. It was before Jesus. See, it was unknown. We have the Old Testament, which points to Jesus. But these folks that he was talking to, it was unknown to them. They had no relationship. They were fighting and squabbling, and war was going on amongst the people. And so they had no relationship, and so it was unknown to them. And that's what he came for, to reveal this to them. But now to us it has been revealed, I can say, fully but not fully. That's kind of an oxymoron, fully but not fully. But each and every day, we're going to have something revealed to us. I love to read the Word, and I read it, and I don't get anything from it, and I go back, and it's revealed to me. And that happens, that happens every day. <clears throat> and so this has been revealed to us in this inspired Word of God. It's been revealed to us, but it's revealed to us when He's ready for it to be revealed to. By. So, anyway, to most, the most truth about knowing this is most people want to know just enough of the word to get into the kingdom. What most people want, I would hope that everybody in here wants more than that. See, I live that. I live that that part where I had just enough to get me into the kingdom. And there's no joy in that. You want happiness? There ain't no happiness in that. There's nothing in that. Just to you just want it to be real revealed to you through this mystery. So we want to <clears throat> go beyond that. We want more. I want more for each of y'all. That's why I'm standing here today. I want more for each of y'all for more than just to get into the kingdom. I want you to know the kingdom, know every inch of it, through Jesus Christ and what Paul is saying here today. So I know most of us live and I've lived this too, spiritual poverty. I've lived it. I've lived it again. There's no joy in that. There's there's nothing in that. Spiritual poverty. I just you know, the word itself sounds terrible when we think of the poverty of the world or where the where the crew is going, you know, in Guatemala, all the, all the poverty, you know. But this is spiritual poverty. Think about that. Where they're going, there's a lot of poverty, and they're going to do a great mission there. But, but what he's talking about here is spiritual prover- poverty, and spiritual poverty is a lot different than, than the worldly poverty. Spiritual pro- poverty. If we have spiritual truth, spiritual truth will get us through that spiritual poverty into knowing everything that we can know about Jesus Christ. Things will be revealed to us. So, I learn this every day, the unsearchable riches of Christ. They're revealed to me through this, the gospel, the good news. So, told my Sunday school class this story about the plantation owner who had a servant that had worked for him for a long time. So when the plantation owner got sick and died, he left the servant that he had $50,000. $50,000 in that day was a lot of money. It's like a million today. And so he left him that, which the servant had never had anything. He just was this man's servant. So they put it in the bank, and the banker knew about it through the estate. So the banker had it in, in, the, in the bank. And when the banker went by a week and went by two weeks, went by three weeks and a month, the, and the servant never came by to claim any of his money. And so the banker went to talk to him and said, uh, Sir, uh, you have $50,000 in the bank. Are you going to use any of it? And he says, uh, Yes, sir. Could you give me 50 cents of it to buy some cornmeal? That right there is what I'm talking about. And I talk about the unsearchable riches of Christ because that man was wealthy in money. We are wealthy in spirit. We are wealthy. We are wealthy in our spiritual things. We are wealthy. But a lot of times we don't, just like him, we don't receive or we don't act. Upon our spiritual wealth, because we just want to be common and ride this thing out. I'm going to see Jesus, folks. It just ain't that a way. You get you get more blessed by giving, <laughs> and you will receive. But by giving to somebody else, there's so much stuff goes on in this world, and y'all y'all see where that lady that does purses or whatever, you know, she's a wealthy lady, she killed herself. I'll see where that cook, that guy, that cook, he killed himself, hung himself. Uh, I was blessed, and I won't call any names, I was blessed to hear a young lady, I've watched her for years and years around here, I've watched her. She never, never says anything, or never speaks, but I hug on her, and, and love on her, and and I noticed she's off by herself. And the other night, in you, she got up and made the most awesome talk I ever heard. I cried like a baby listening to this kid. See, I thought, I thought something was wrong. And there was. She got nervous around people. And so she didn't have anything to do with anybody because she was, she wanted to be off by herself. But she got up there and talked about how many times she had thought about killing herself. And until she had this relationship with Jesus and she knew that God, through her parents, her parents had just been wonderful for her and, and lifting her up. And I was just blown away by this young lady and what she said. Because,
1: you know, there's a.
0: They said they said there's a there's like a ten thousand people a week kill ourselves. There's more than that. Think about it. And so <coughs> most of the time it's because people people don't know the unsearchable riches of Christ. I would wonder if any of those people that just Kill themselves were saved if they thought that money in the world and all that stuff was going to give them happiness, and then could never find it. I would wonder if that was where they were coming from. See, we won't never know. I can only know through my experiences when Miss Miss Kenner got. You know, they said they were depressed, and I would I would never think Chris would get depressed. But when Miss Kenner got sick and all the loads hit on me and those things that go on, I got depressed. I don't know if y'all ever sit in the dark and pull the shades in the house and just sit in the dark. I've been there. And the lies that Satan comes at you with, he lies. He lies. And so... One day I realized, Chris, you're feeling sorry for yourself. And I throw those windows shades open, and I turned on that praise music, and I began to praise God. Sound like one of them. The house sounded like one of them cars going down the road, boom, 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 and people all around the neighborhood. You hear me? But I came out of that when you know the lies that we listen to. So anyway, Mister and put this in a different tone because Mr. Bill, I told him he was sitting here this morning. Mr. Bill is, to me, elder. He's a a man of wisdom because he's been around so long. As old as Methuselah, I told him. Uh, <clears throat> he's a man of wisdom. So he, he takes me, he takes me and Philip, Jimmy, Toby, Steve, he takes all of us to eat over at Fairfield at... Uh, Sam's. so got this buffet. as longer than one of them pews. At the end of it, it's got lots of sweets. It's got all kinds of meat, everything that you can imagine to eat in there. So he takes us to eat over at the buffet, and when we get there, he says, now I'm going to pay for it all. I'm going to pay for every bit of it. It's paid in full. He said, y'all just go get you a plate and eat whatever you want to. So everybody goes through the line. Everybody. Toby makes a fool of himself. Philip, Philip, he tries to... Philip tries to eat uh good. You know what I'm saying? Good. He he wants all the greens and the vegetables, you know, but but those are the things that give him nutrients, see? And and <laughs> Philip's like me. He is addicted to things. Sugar. But <clears throat> anyway, Jimmy, Jimmy, he goes through there and gets you know, biscuits and gravy and all that stuff, but we all go through the line, and everybody gets what they need. We go sit at the table, and Bill notices, Chris, you're not going to eat? No, sir, I'm not. Why aren't you going to eat? It's all paid for. It's paid in full. All this stuff, it, God's going to give you growth and nutrients, and it's going to make you full and everything. I'm just not going to eat. And that's how it is when we don't, That's how it is when we don't receive what has been given to us through the unsearchable gifts of God. So, it's it's funny to me right here because (laughs) back in... uh, In Matthew 10, 5, Jesus tells the disciples, says, go out, go out and make disciples of men. But he said, now, don't mess with them Gentiles. Just go right on by them. Don't mess with them. Just go right on by them. The reason he told them that is because the Gentiles, they didn't know nothing. They hadn't been through this unsearchable riches yet. So they weren't prepared. The prophet, the prophets and stuff, they came to the Jews first. And so Jesus says, "Go out to the Jews." What he was telling them was, "Don't go over the ocean. Don't go over the ocean or go to another country or something." He says, "Just go across the street. Go across the street." And so <clears throat> that's that's what he told them to do. Now he told the disciples that, but here here in Ephesians. Paul now is going and is talking to the Gentiles. And he's talking to the Gentiles about <clears throat> the same thing that we've been talking about, the unsearchable riches of Christ. So <clears throat> he's, he's revealing these things to them for the first time. But see, the the Gentiles and the Jews were always fighting. They they just didn't like each other. They were going through so many things in their in their countries. They just didn't like each other, and so they they were battling and arguing. And that sounds familiar today. It, they were just going through a lot of things in their government and everything. And so they didn't like each other. And so now this is what Paul is is coming. This is why the Lord laid this on him today to to teach the Gentiles about the unsearchable riches of Christ because they have not known those things. And this is what happens when when that happens because it says right here in verse 10, it says, To the intent that now the manifold wisdom of God might be made known by the church to the principalities and powers in the heavenly places. So what Paul is going to do is he, it's going to be known by the manifold wisdom. That's what God was fixing to do through Paul. That's what was fixing to happen. What God was going to do through Paul was give him wisdom, and it was going to show these Gentiles about the unsearchable riches of Christ. And so Paul began to do that. So here's the first thing. There's, there's three things that that Scripture talks about <clears throat> Three things, and this this is it, so important because y'all just think about this, how divided we are right now in the United States alone. Not everywhere else, but just in the United States, it's it's terrible to see how people beat up on each other, right, left, middle, whatever. It's just terrible, you know, that we can't encourage each other and build each other up. But, but everybody's so worried about their self, and that's what they are, that they want to beat down the other to make themselves look good, and that's the only way they can do it. And even if they look good in what they're doing, they're still going to beat them down because they don't want people to think they look good. So it's, it's just back and forth, back and forth. So here's the first thing that Paul was to do with the Gentiles and the Jews. He was going to bring them together. He was going to bring them together in this by teaching them the unsearchable riches of Christ he was going to, the Gentiles were going to, it was going to be revealed to them. Their hearts were going to change. And then they could look at the Jews with love, with the things that God has for them. They could do that. So what? the first thing, he was, was going to bring them together, That the things that divided them, he was going to tear down that wall. <laughs> Not build one, but tear down one. He was going to tear down that wall. And in 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 between all that, the things that alienated each of them over those things, <coughs> all this was going to get rid of the hostility, because both on both sides were going to know that now. So, if both sides were going to know the unsearchable riches of Christ, why could, why couldn't they just come together and love one another? Why? Because the same old thing, the same old thing, we've all been saved, but, you know, our desires, we can, our desires that we have, we can give those desires up for the gospel, you know, but but everything that, that we desire, I, you know, everything that we desire, that gossip and, and give that to the Lord, we can take that back because that's our desire. I can swear off a sugar for a week, that's about as long as I can stand it. For a week, I can swear off sugar, but because of my desire for sugar, I'm going to go back to it. I go around sneaking around and find me some somewhere. A lady gave me a cake and some candy the other day. She said, This candy's for your grandkids. My grandkids never saw that candy. <laughs> that, <clears throat> but my desire. My desire for sweets, you know, that's, that's the same thing with our desire, our sinful desires. We can give those sinful desires to the Lord. They're covered in the blood by Jesus Christ, but we're going to go back to those because we're human beings. That's how God made us to do that, but he saved us. So <clears throat> that's the first thing. The second thing is to de- display Christ by his people, <clears throat> Go back to to verse 4. It says, By which when you read, you may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ. What's he saying to us there? Display Christ. That's what he's saying. Everybody in here ought to display Christ. How do we do that? How do we do that? We're we're the body of the church. This is us, the body of the church. But these bodies in this church, we go out. And when we go out, when we leave here, we should display Jesus. He should be shining through us so bright that people can't even stand to hardly see us because of the brightness. We should be shining. So, the third thing, and this is the most this is the most difficult thing, but if you listen to it and understand this because it happens in here. And I It's happening here to a lot of people. They wouldn't say anything about it. But here, this is the most something. I think about this. When little Luke, Luke Strong, he was uh, dying of this cancer. And then then Michael, Michael had all his troubles from this wreck, and he was going through this. Luke was dying. Michael was having these troubles. And then... (coughs) Trevor and Heather's nephew was dealing with cancer. God healed. He's cancer-free, Trevor and Heather's nephew. Michael has been going through all these things in life, from this wreck, back and forth to the hospital, putting pressure, I mean, not pressure, but things on his wife, you know, and his family because of all this stuff, not because of anything he's doing, but because of sickness. And then you got little Luke. My God, what an awesome young man, heavenly little man, just so beautiful, so young. He died. Michael is getting better. And their nephew is healed. That, folks, is the sovereignty of God. He's a big God. That's sovereignty of God. But listen to this. The whole principle of this is that suffering for truth and righteousness is a way to glory. And that is a secret to true happiness. Suffering. Suffering is a secret to true happiness. How can we suffer and have true happiness in that. How can we do that? Because the rain falls on the just and the unjust. <laughs> it does. It falls on the just and the unjust and I think about my my precious youngest daughter last night texted me she was upset and going through something with kid with baby and 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 she just you know it it hurt her and all those things but all i i don't know what god is doing in that i know who my little angel granddaughter is but i know i don't know what god's doing in all that but he's doing something and it's something good no matter whether she's suffering right now or going to suffer for what's going on, it's going to be good. This right here might hurt, but it's going to be good. See, we got to suffer we got to suffer for truth. we got to suffer for righteousness. makes a whole big bunch of good stuff about suffering. We love to suffer, don't we, Miss Kenner. He ain't even paying no attention to me. You're right now. <laughs> no, but suffering, suffering has made so much different in my life. Suffering has made a lot different in her life too. But it but it through her suffering, I've grown. I've become somebody that six years ago I wasn't. Because I know what it's about. I see her every day suffering. And so I suffer along with her. So it makes a difference. But the truth and the righteousness of every bit of that is, is that, that suffering, that suffering shows us the unsearchable riches of Christ. <clears throat> so, one more thing. I have I have five neighbors new CEO of the hospital the new anesthesiologist of the hospital uh, an old black man from Dallas that bought the house to retire in a guy that uh I love dearly, but every way, every way I vote, he votes opposite of it. So we have to meet, meet in the middle of the street and talk about politics. And ugh. but anyway, he's he's different to me. And then and then I got my neighbors up the street. One of them I used to talk to a lot, but they got a lot of sickness and a bunch of them living there and things. And it's just you know, it just they won't even lift their head when you drive by. And so. The new CEO, when he came, came, and I went over and carried on some food when they were moving in to get to know them. Because all I had to do was walk across the driveway. <laughs> and so the new guy, anesthesiologist, I went over there and visited with them. They showed me the house. The old man that's got across the street, he <coughs> got a little white bench out there, and we sit there and talk about Jesus all the time. She's just awesome. His wife is the greatest prayer warrior I ever heard. i love for her to lay her hand on me and touch it because I need it. And and she is a great prayer warrior. And then then my next-door neighbor that don't vote like I do, we love one another. When the ambulance comes to get Miss Ken or me or whatever, they're there. And <clears throat> and then the neighbor up the street that I go and, and try to talk to, and, and one of them, one of them, I'm getting getting there. But the whole deal is the whole deal is that, that 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 Paul was telling the guys, you don't have to go somewhere. You can just go across the street because you know my neighbor, the new CEO of the hospital, when he moved in and looked down there at my, my barn, at the barn at my house, Miss Kenner got all this junk down there. And we loaded on a trailer, and she went down there and took it back off. But <clears throat> she got all this junk in there, so it's not junk, but it's stuff that she paints. But anyway, he could look down there at that barn, and he'd say, Man, that Kenner guy, he's kind of he don't take care of things. His barn looks terrible." Or I could I could say something. He needs to poison his bahia grass. Gets over in my grass. You know, we could do all kinds of things. I could talk about all my neighbors in different ways. What I'm saying is that even though we see things like that in neighbors, there's good in those neighbors. Why don't we look at the good things in those neighbors? Why don't we, instead of building fences, go just not have a fence and go over there and be neighborly, be like we're supposed to be, shine like we're supposed to shine, in Jesus Christ but there, there's so many people won't even put out to go across the street we should know people we should get to know people we get to know people they're going to see the relationship that we have with Jesus Christ and it's going to change their heart change their life would you not want somebody to come to you if you were struggling and going through something would you not want somebody to come to you and comfort you And be neighborly. And say instead of saying, Well, go hang yourself or something. Come and be neighborly. Be who we're supposed to be. Shine. So here it is. Is that the part of your neighbor that you see? Is that all you see? The part of this person sitting beside you that is not your neighbor but part of your family. Have you spoke to them this morning and said good morning and loved on them? Because there's another part of them, and maybe somebody's needing that in that. (laughs) But this this is it. We've got to open our eyes to the beauty of God's grace. We've got to open our eyes to the beauty of God's grace. You know, when Jason got that new pickup, I said, well, how is it? He said, it smells like grace. Y'all know that new truck smell? It smells like grace. That's what it is that's what it is. So out of grace, out of grace this grace, the unsearchable riches of Christ, out of this grace that God has so given us that we can that we can use these riches that he's given us that we don't even grasp for or want a lot of times <coughs> we need to search ourselves in that we need our eyes open when it opens our eyes it's going to open up our ears we're going to hear things of all kinds of good things so praise team come on uh, <clears throat> i I've sent out this story in my little text Friday about about this uh This right here, John 1, John 1, 6 through 9, it says, There was a man man sent from God whose name was John. This man came for a witness, to bear witness of the light that all through him might believe. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light which gives light to every man coming into this world. That light is Jesus Christ. No matter how dark it is around you. No matter how dark it is around you. No matter what you're going through and suffering in life. Jesus has got you. He's got you. He's got you. You've got to believe that. That's the truth. That's the truth. There's nothing. There's nothing ever that's going to get you through it. Nothing. I've tried everything in this world to to get me through the times of suffering in those times, from closing those shades to barricading myself and all that. It didn't do anything. Is all it did was made it worse until I realized my relationship with Jesus Christ to quit looking at myself and feeling sorry for myself and give the merits and all the things that are going on in life to Jesus Christ. He shed his blood for me. So, over at the company that I work at, there is a, Tuesday morning, there was a... They were talking about this optical line. An optical line. It had been laid. It was 60 miles long. And this optical line carried information from 800 to 1,000 wells, uh, compressors, stations, uh, offices, uh, uh, gas plants, all these things. This, this line carried all this information to to these places. It carried all this information and they didn't even have to go out there humanly and check it because they knew what was going on sitting right there in the office. And so something happened that day. This line, this line was as big as your finger. You know what it's made of? Glass. Sixty miles of glass as big as your finger laid under that, underneath the ground in the dark in a little rubber it's 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 got a coating rubber coating on it, so they dug it up. somebody going down the pipeline dug it up. It was not meant to be, so all communication stopped. y'all know what really blowed me away was when I found out what the messenger that went through that little glass line was. You know what carried all those messages and all those things to these offices and from these wells and all this stuff? Light. Did you hear that? Light. Light carried all those communications, all that stuff. Light. Light. Light went through that little glass tube in the dark, buried beneath the ground. It carried light to all these places. It carried communication to all those places. The light. Who's the light in your life? Who is the light? Tell me. Who is the light in your life? Jesus. Say it. Jesus. Jesus. is the light in my life. So, we fixing to sing, and this is this is something else that happened. This is something else that happened. I read this story. Instead of going like our mission group did, a group decided a group decided to to stay home, and they decided to go out into the inner cities. They went to the inner cities to do their mission work. So they were all up in their rooms and, and practicing what they were gonna do. They were singers as a choir. They were singers, and the and the director looked out the window and there was these two guys beating this woman up, just beating on her badly, badly, and she was screaming and hollering. And he got to thinking, you know, and he asked the kids, what would Jesus do? And then he thought where would Jesus be? Now that's crazy these days, but he said, where would Jesus be? So all them kids and all that that music director, they went down the stairs out into the street where those guys were beating on this woman profusely. They were beating on her and she was screaming and hollering out. They were beating on her and and they began to sing just like them, begin to sing. They were singing and these guys quit beating and they looked and in fear of their singing in fear of their singing they run off and the lady climbed up in the middle of them and they just kept singing to her they kept singing to her When I hear singing, and when it's talking about Jesus, I'm going to get excited. And y'all better get excited today, because He is the light of this world. He changes hearts. He changes minds. He changes everything. He makes things better. You will never find happiness from anything that is going on in this world. Never! I can have the prettiest grandkids. Toby, your grandkids are beautiful. They're the most precious things on earth, but kids will not make you happy. Jesus is what makes you happy. You can win all the baseball state championships you want to, you can be coach of the year, but that's not going to make you happy, is it, David? It won't. That woman right there will make you happy. But you know what's going to make you happy? Because she shines Jesus. That's what's going to make you happy. That's what you're going to live and learn. in all those, those unsearchable gifts. We're going to use them, aren't we? We're going to use them. Are y'all going to use your unsearchable gifts? What, is, what does that song say? What does that song say? Fear. He's a liar. There's nothing, nothing today. All the jump, all the suffering that we go through, all the suffering that we go through, that we've been through the last six or seven years. I'm going to tell you, we wouldn't have survived it. Nothing's going to make us happy, nothing's going to get us through it. Nothing. But the light of Jesus Christ. Stand up. I know I'm not. I know I'm not bold, and I know I'm not a preacher. But I want to tell you, I do know something. Jesus Christ better be your Lord and Savior, and you better love Him. And you better have a relationship with him, and you better let his light shine out of you. Homie. Steve. Come on. Randy. Right Worship him like you've never worshipped him before today. Tell him, tell him you love him. He's your light.